Hi, everybody. Welcome to this, our first and seminal podcast for the the Trials of the Apocalypse series. Please, please define seminal. You, by adding the N, you made the word a different word. And, uh, <laughs> you should probably walk that back. Seminal? That's the one. In seminal. What, I, I said in seminal? You said, you said in seminal, which definitely first, first is. First and seminal is what I said. Uh, we heard in. Well, oh, no, what you said was first and seminal. First first and seminal. <laughs> Our first we... and seminal podcast of this entire city apocalypse. <laughs> Should we clap again? because we talked about Smokey and the Bandit 2. Uh... <laughs> hey there, Rough Rider. This here's Jibberwalk. What you got You got there on that, that there television? Well, for a good buddy. Welcome to Cyclone Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's not let's let's not make references that only people who live in Kansas City and have been to Worlds of Fun before might get. <laughs> let's really narrow our audience. This podcast. And even they won't find it funny. I no. once had that no. whole spiel memorized because I had to hear it fifty billion times a day. What do you get for working at Worlds of Fun, Pat? Specifically at that ride. Anyway, hi everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Trials of the Apocalypse. This is our first session. We're going to be playing Apocalypse World, the wonderful game that sort of kicked off the, the whole series of, of games inspired by it. My name is David. I'm going to be your guide through the apocalypse today. I'm going to be taking you on all those bumpy roads and hellish landscapes and hopefully bringing us to, to some sort of conclusion at the end of it. Uh, going around the room today with me, I have Dave Talk first. Dave, I'm talking first. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Pat, <laughs> if you would. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Pat. Uh, Patty, if you're nasty. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I'm Amy, and it's not just my character who wants to kill people. And finally, uh, I'm Emma, and my husband got me up early today to play Apocalypse World. So here we are. I know that feel. Uh, okay, Dave. <laughs> Your husband, Your husband also got yes. you up early? <laughs> Wake You know what I meant. Just <laughs> pour coffee in me. No, actually, my husband also got you up early. <laughs> Fair. We're in the same boat, you, you know, know, what? I, you know Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, have any of you ever played Apocalypse World before? Nope. Not even once. Nope. Once? Uh, cool, that makes five of us. So <laughs> Great. Part of the goal of this series is to be able to try out new games we have not played before and sort of systemically go through a, a big stack of them that we think sound interesting. We'll be playing each one for a single one-shot session and then moving on to the next one on a monthly basis. You look like you need to say something, Patrick. What, what do you have to say? I think it's important to note that all of us have played tabletop games and are very familiar with certain ones but the whole point of this is that we're branching out and learning stuff we haven't played before so it's going to be interesting to see if our abilities acquired from playing other games will mean we'll pick them up easily and quickly or if in my case have to play it for forever to understand the simplest concepts of a game Oh, you don't know that. You might be great at it. Uh-huh. You've already got your 2D6 in front of you. Uh-huh. That means you read the book, at least. Uh-huh. That sounds trustworthy. Anyway, 
So thankfully, even if you haven't studied your books super closely before today's session, uh, we will go a quick overview over Apocalypse World, sort of what makes it unique and special in the the grand world of role-playing games, and specifically uh, kind of why it became so popular, sort of first and foremost, because they they welcomed people when they released it uh, to take inspiration from it, which is a great way to get people to actually do that. Which is um, super dope and thoughtful of game creators to just let people take their thing and expand on it. And like, of course, now it, it's brought back so many people to to Apocalypse World and then also to all the different games that have spun off. It sort of benefited the whole by by creating so many different flavors. But today we're going to be tasting that sweet, sweet vanilla, the van- that vanilla bean of, uh, Honestly, of Powered by the Apocalypse. Vanilla bean? This, I don't think vanilla is the right word. Uh, that, that delicious, delicious gasoline bean mm. ice cream. That yeah. does sound more accurate. Yeah. Vanilla bean or French vanilla? Uh, there's there's no French here. We, no French. We, we we had our discussion of French in the pregame for this. There is this no show French, today. only Zool. We pregamed with the French. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't pregame with the French? Let's <laughs> well, not dig too for deep. For anyone listening who may be French, I'm sorry. Also Lafayette, we are here. <laughs> we'll be here for you, even if Hamilton wasn't. Yikes. Uh, Anyway, Hamilton earned that. Uh, That's true. But one one of the things that I personally love about Apocalypse World uh, and a lot of its derivative systems is that when you do something in the game, you you do it and then roll dice, as opposed to say in in Dungeons and Dragons, where you might say, "Oh, I'm going to make a perception check," uh, and you sort of audibly refer to it as that. Here in Apocalypse World, instead, how that sort of thing goes is you say, "I'm gonna." try to dodge some bullets and pick this lock while I'm under under duress. Uh, in which case, it's like, okay, cool, you're doing, you're trying to do that thing. You're going to need to roll, do something under fire. And so the roll comes as a direct result of what you say that you want to do instead of sort of the, it's the second thought, not the first thought, right? Yeah, yeah I like it. It's less pass fail and more yes, but. Yes. So uh, it's improv, yes, and. Very yes, and. And also, as the uh, master of ceremonies, as I'm referred to for Apocalypse World, I don't actually roll very much at all. In fact, and in the source book, uh, generally speaking, I don't roll. Uh, there's one exception to that, which we'll sort of get to later, uh, and that's as an optional case. But we'll, we'll discuss that when we talk about harms. But another really neat thing about this is it really trims down the complexity of the dice rolling in general. You only have 2d6, you roll them, you take that sum, you add whatever modifiers you have to it, and then if it's five or below, then bad things happen, generally speaking. You, there's some kind of failure, and a complete failure, you don't succeed at all. Uh, then there's sort of this idea between six and nine that you have some kind of mixed success, whether there's a complication, or you have to strike a bargain, uh, or where things don't go quite like you expected. And then if you get a 10 or higher, then you, you do really great, you do a wonderful job, you get what you wanted. Uh, and we sort of move on to what happens next. And sometimes there are even uh, unique consequences at each of those levels, and those will be described by the moves themselves. So it's it's a really simple, you know, if you're in these range of numbers, this happens otherwise. Uh, and there's no there's no competing dice rolls. There's no there's none of that stuff. There is options to interfere as a move, and we might discuss that during this, or we might just let that shake out during the game. But ultimately, it's a pretty simplified rolling system that still has i think uh i i think in looking at it at least we're going to find out some in playing today that it's still though simple it has enough meat to it that you can still really really build a game around it really 
and really feel like your your moves matter and that rolling the dice has an impact. The core stats to this game, uh, there's six of them, and I, I really like they they sound really cool on the surface. Uh, in fact, one of them <clears> is cool. Uh, but your well, the, Dave's holding up a hand saying five, technically six because they consider history to be a, a core stat, even though it's sort of different than that. So technically, there's five core stats. Uh, cool, hard, hot, sharp, and weird. All describe me. Mm. <laughs> sharp? Ouch. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my head does sometimes come at a point. Are you playing a cone head in today's game? Is that an option? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future we'll do one of the space ones, and you can, you can play a cone head, Pat. Uh, I will I will make that generalized promise that I'm sure you'll forget. Yep. <laughs> but now it's recorded forever. You can remember. Just don't listen to this episode. You'll be fine. Uh, anyway, so we have we have cool, hard, hot, sharp, and weird. Cool is for doing something under fire is the the main uh, actual move associated with it. That's just when you're you're trying to do something uh, like you're pressured, uh, or if you're you're trying to do something with style or panache. That's your your cool. Hard, the primary move associated with that is to go aggro on someone. You Hard is like hard-boiled. You use it for for very... Uh, we're going to get a little bit... Uh, uh-huh. A little bit of stage with this. You, you, this is like big yang energy. I don't know how, how many people that will actually uh, resonate with. But like, that's you, you being forceful. You being uh, strong. Unyielding. That's when you're rolling hard. You can also roll hot. Your primary move there is to seduce or manipulate someone, uh, which is pretty self-descriptive. Um, I'm sure we'll run into that at some point in this game. A sharp is to read a person or situation as the primary move. It's sort of your brains, uh, your, your, your wisdom in some circumstances. How, how sharp is your intellect? How pointy are you? And then for, for weird, uh, your primary move is to open your brain to the psychic maelstrom, which is a part of the apocalypse world that we'll we'll discuss uh, as we get into world building and stuff. But essentially, to roll weird is when you you do some weird psychic or magical or or when when you stop aligning yourself with this normal mortal situation and do something a little outside of that. That's when that's when we roll weird. The sixth and uh, according to to Dave, maybe not part of the the core skills, although it is uh, the core stats although it is uh, listed along with them, uh, is history, uh, whose primary move is to help or interfere with someone because history is a gauge of your character's understanding of another character, whether that be a PC or an NPC. And specifically, history is unidirectional. So your history score for, uh, let's say, uh, Dave, you have a relationship with Pat's character, uh, and so you have a history score that is referencing your understanding of of his character, and then his character will have one of his understanding of your character. And those stats are not necessarily the same. Your understanding can maybe put you at a plus two. His understanding might be a minus three, um, which would be very very low. Um, <laughs> but you can have like that. That is not a bidirectional thing. It's it can be whatever your character knows. And so that's what makes sort of history unique among these is. All the other ones are sort of a singular value, self-descriptive of your character. This one, you have a history value for for any PC or NPC of, of any note, and then your value might not match theirs for you, right? So that's history in a nutshell. 
any any questions about that or any of the skills or any comments anything you think is really cool or exciting so you said weird is opening your mind to like the psychic maelstrom the psychic maelstrom yes uh did everyone become radioactive in the apocalypse (laughs) something like that so they give you a lot of leeway to make every apocalypse a little bit different right and one thing that is true across the board for Apocalypse World is there is this, this thing that either caused or was caused by or is in some way related to the apocalypse. And that is this, uh, this idea of the psychic maelstrom, uh, which is this torrential system of psychic energy that you can tap into uh, and that at some risk you can gain some level of psychic abilities uh, or, or perhaps... Uh, really unlock some weird potential. And that's why... So I can be Professor X is what you're saying. Sure, yeah. You could be, but I don't think... Probably not based on the class I've chosen. Based based on the playbook you're using, that's true. You're (laughs) you're not going to be a Professor X type. That's more, more of a brainer thing. Bummer. But, but yes, uh, that is, that is part of the world of, of Apocalypse World. There's the psychic maelstrom, which you can tap into. And... I believe anyone can tap into that. You can you can roll plus weird even if you don't have a ton of experience with that. You just have some heightened risks there, right? But opening your brain to the psychic maelstrom can can do all sorts of things for you. You can read that move in a little more detail if you have any questions. But necessarily in the apocalypse, uh, sometimes things are going to go your way, and sometimes they're not going to go so much your way. And uh, oftentimes when they don't go your way, there's going to be something called harm involved. Everyone here at the table uh, for your character, you have a 12-segment harm clock. It's based off of the Doomsday Clock of your... I th- suppose they probably still have one Wait. somewhere in the government? It's a six segment. Six segments. Six segments? Mm-hmm. Three big uh, ones, three little ones. Yeah, after nine, they uh, split it into... The, the segment between nine and 12 is split into three. Judging from the way I read it, it sounds like this is intentional. In what way? I think they mean for the first three harm to be the most important. And then the last three harm is the edge of your seat. Will they or will, will, they, will they or will they not make it? Right. Because they described the first segment as the segment from 12 to 3. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just going to go back and redact everything I just said. Uh, you don't need say, to. Well, I'm the, not going re- to redact it in the talk. record. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm saying now, <clears throat> for us at the table, please redact what I just said. Got uh, it. The important thing to note about harm is when you, when you take it, your first, your first two segments will heal over time. As long as you are under that six-hour mark uh, on your, your doomsday clock, then that will heal with some amount of time. Now, given that this is going to be a one-shot, Unless we sort of do a bit of a time skippy thing in game, you probably won't have a ton of opportunity to have that natural healing even for those those bottom two segments. So keep that in mind. Uh, there is no angel among you, which is the main healing class. Uh, so, so we're screwed. So either find an NPC who can help you out or or hope that you do some some good bandaging up uh, <laughs> or, or find someone to pay to do that for you. Uh, past the six hour mark, six to nine, this is still not lethal damage, but it is damage that will not heal over time. So if you're at that level, then you won't you won't just heal it off. And anything above nine, instead of it being your below six damage where you heal over time, nine and above, you take increasing damage over time naturally. You, you are in an unstable situation and falling fast. So depending on what you do, you can exacerbate that and make that worse. You can just sort of start taking harm. But 
Also, there are actions people can take to stabilize you, and then that will prevent you from continuing to ex- continuing to take harm while you're in that nine to twelve space. And those are sort of the the big facts about harm. Any questions, comments? Thank you for the correction, by the way. No worries. No, no. All right. Uh, the other important thing, and we're just going to gloss over this because this probably won't come into play, but I'll have you mark it just in case. Uh, when you create your characters, you'll have what's called a highlighted stat, which is when you roll in that, uh, you take experience. And when you've marked five experience, you get an improvement to your character. Uh, additionally, you also gain experience when you take a relationship with someone, uh, specifically your history with them, to uh, either minus three or plus four. You then reset your history with them and you gain an a improvement. Or rather, sorry, you gain experience. And then when you get to five experience, you get an improvement. Is it likely any of you will get at least five experience in this game? No. Is it possible? Yes. Uh, it is now my mission. So if we cross, <laughs> if we cross that bridge, then uh, you have established we'll a challenge, and I will pick up I'm, the gauntlet, sir. I'm still unclear on to how you get experience. Yeah, for your core stats: uh, cool, hard, hot, sharp, weird. Um, two of those are going to be highlighted for you, and they're, they can be referred to as being highlighted during the character creation process one of those i get to choose for you and one of those whoever has the highest history with you gets to choose for you and when that stat is chosen then in the game when you roll for that stat in any move that that uses it then you gain one experience Uh, it doesn't matter whether you succeed or fail just using that part of your character gives you an experience point once you've hit five experience points you gain an improvement to your character and then there, there's pretty cool mechanics in this game for once you get enough uh, improvements, you can unlock new and exciting things. Uh, I know one of the options if you die in the game is instead of dying, you can like swap classes, which is pretty cool too. Um, there's lots of so cool... So it's kind of like a reincarnation type thing? I think it's more like you get brought back from the brink of death somehow and you choose a new path for your life, essentially. So it's, it's sort of like I was, I was a hardened gun lugger for years. And I and, sucked at it, so now I'm going to be a, ma- a maestro D. Yeah, I've decided to retire, open yeah. up a business. Uh, that's exactly it. That's, how, that's it, yeah. how it works. So, but we'll, we'll get to that, the character classes a little bit in a minute. Uh, actually, right now, uh, going over my notes. So yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about character playbooks. Uh, there's a lot of exciting ones in this. Emma and I threw together some, <laughs> some quick descriptions of them. Feel free to chime in if you've read over them and, and have your own commentary. We're, we're sort of going in order of how they appear in the, in the second edition book. And we're going to, for now, uh, we'll, we're actually going to have an example later of one of our, our characters playing one of the bonus playbooks uh, in the extended materials. But we're not going to cover those here. But there's the angel, who's basically Mercy from Overwatch or, or the entire cast of M.A.S.H., uh, your, your wartime medic <laughs> with some apocalyptic <laughs> twists. <laughs> there's, there's the battle babe who's, who's Black Widow and every other character like her. Uh, a femme fatale as beautiful as they are dangerous. Uh, the gun lugger, uh, basically just the Punisher. Or also think Jane from Firefly. Mm-hmm. Very true. He's a, he's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Here? Quintessential. He's a quintessential gun. Ah, uh, uh, yes, but Thomas Jane was the Punisher. So really just Jane all around. So really just Jane. So there's the Brainer, uh, who we sort of talked a little bit about earlier. It's basically just Spock as written by Lovecraft um, <laughs> is the Brainer. Uh, we I'm, have so, I'm sorry. One more time. Spock as written by Lovecraft. Beautiful. We have the Driver. Has everyone here seen Big Trouble in Little China? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, uh, Jack Kurt Russell's Jack Burton is the driver. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Uh, also, Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey, hey, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, Smokey yeah. and the Bandit. Smokey, the he's also derailed. also. But you were gonna cut that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we're cutting all that, but like, you know, we we talked about. But it. But now we, it doesn't make know. sense. You know, not everything does have to in this crazy world <laughs> in which we live in. The, uh, there's, these are the hands we're given. <laughs> there's the chopper, uh, who's a driver, but with a motorcycle and other like-minded leather-clad individuals. Hot. There's the hard holder, who's sort of a, a super playbook. Uh, a lot of other playbooks pull some stuff from it. Uh, but the hard holder's uh, a landlord of the wasteland. They, they have something, something that uh, other people, other resources that people need. There's the maestro D who's the one who will get you your fix for a price like Barney and How I Met Your Mother if he also owned the bar they all hung out at. That's good. He'll get you what you need. He's got a guy for everything. And if he doesn't have a guy for that, he is the guy for that. And n- not and he to... just might be the guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barney is the guy for no one. He's never... Anyway, unless you're just like really into Neil Patrick Harris, which I understand, you know, that's fair. Who isn't? We, we all are. Since Doogie, baby. <laughs> Since Doogie, wow. Anyone who isn't in a Neil Patrick Harris is just lying to you. Fair. Anyway, uh, not to reference another podcast here, but The Hocus, which is the next one we're talking about, is basically if, if Night Vale was a person. It's your, your friendly neighborhood cultists stand friends. There's the Savvy Head, who is Doc Brown, Tony Stark, and Winry from FMA all rolled into one. <laughs> and if you're having trouble imagining that, me too, thanks. <laughs> I'm scared. Oh my god! I'm, now I'm casting each of the characters in Firefly as this savvy head. <laughs> that's a. Um, right. That's a. Why am I forgetting her name? Kaylee? Jewel State. Kay, uh, Kaylee. Yeah. 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 Accurate. I mean, Firefly is has big apocalypse big sort apocalypse of situation. Energy. Yeah. Uh, Firefly, please sponsor us. <laughs> Would Wash be the driver? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Wash is the driver. Wash is I guess. I guess we're doing driver. this now. Wash is the driver. Isn't? Uh, hold on. Oh, uh, the first mate is the battle babe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zoe's or, definitely battle babe. Full no, battle no. Babe. The battle babe is probably Inara. No, no. Inara. I think Inara would be a Skinner, probably. Mm. Mm. Wash's driver? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's the pilot. He's the pilot. Just because he's the pilot doesn't mean he's, he's the he, driver. But, that's, but what, what does Wash do does? other than that? <laughs> yeah, but there's so much more to him than just I pilot the ship. And there's well, yeah. so much more to Inara than being a Skinner. But all right, that, that's part of why when when life becomes untenable at that last eleven to twelve harm tick box, you can change to a new playbook. Every person can be anything, and it just depends on what they're focusing on and how they're doing it. Speaking of the Skinner, uh, we sort of already gave a good example of that from Firefly. It's the last one we have on our list that we wanted to talk about. Uh, they're basically uh, bards with fewer steps and even more sex appeal. They're a good. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. No. this is one of those notes that when you put it down. Even though you regret saying it at the time, you feel like you have to use it anyway. Uh, they're a good playbook to use if you're trying to play Ted Bundy. <laughs> Solid. It's called the Skinner. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. Solid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, now that we've been there. Um, yeah, that's a thing that he said to me last night. <laughs> Never sleep again. Uh, there, there are some other playbooks, uh, one of which we'll talk about later. is called The Child Thing, because Emma's playing one of those. But... Yeah, they're they're all like pretty interesting and unique in their own way. Uh, there's some commonalities between driver and chopper and hard holder and Meister D, but they still all have really their own unique set of moves uh, and their own place uh, and play style in the game, which I think is really cool. 
another important thing to note before we get going with character creation, we're, we're coming up on that. So like, you know, you guys have already had a few weeks now to sort of think about what kind of character you want to play and pick out your playbooks. Uh, so we'll get to we'll get to hear the exciting, exciting, somewhat reveal. I know you guys already have talked a little bit about what you're doing, but uh, the exciting reveal for the audience about what you're going to be playing today. But before we get to that, I just wanted to add uh, I I've played with everyone in this room before, so this isn't going to come as a surprise to any of you. Uh, but this is actually something that's explicitly talked about in the in the Apocalypse World Manual is sort of the Master of Ceremonies relationship to the players. Uh, and they specifically use the words that uh, the Master of Ceremonies is a fan of the players, right? Like, I'm not your adversary. Um, I'm not a capricious god here to punish you at every turn. Uh, I am, I'm just here to watch your story unfold and give you a world that feels real for you to interact in. And giving, given the settings, given the context of this, uh, you, you guys live in a rough world. And so sometimes I'm going to have to throw some rough things at you. But that's sort of what makes the game interesting, right? But ultimately, I'm not your, you know, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to hurt your characters, except when I am. Uh, but don't worry, you'll like it. Uh, that's that's the summary. It sounds like you're trying to convince us that you're not a bad person. David, <laughs> are you a bad person? What I'm trying to remind you of is that I'm not here. I'm not here to fight any of you unless that's what you want from the game. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. I will pick it up. Oh, you better. You're the tavern keep. They don't know that yet. Well, now they do, I guess. <laughs> well, speaking of of that, uh, let's let's do some character introduction stuff. And actually, I did want to start with you anyway, Pat, because since you have selected the Maestro D, uh, your base of operations is sort of going to be a, a foundational point for all this. Specifically, before we start digging into those questions around characters, I want you all to take a look in your notes. Uh, for creating a blank uh, that is discussing character creation uh, properly, because we're gonna be we're gonna be entering that now. Uh, we're we're gonna be making these characters. We're doing it live. Everyone have your pens at the ready to fill out your character sheet as needed. And otherwise, we're gonna be following we're gonna be following what it has as far as description for for what we need to go through in order to make your characters. So from the top, we've got we've got name, uh, we've got stats. We've got moves. Mm -hmm. Got to set up that history. We've got that look. Got that gear. I have a blank page other than name. Good. Then we'll start from the top. Who are you? What do you got? Hi. Uh, my name is Pat or Patty if you're nasty. No, 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 no. Or... no. <laughs> not that. Not that. <laughs> oh, not that top. <laughs> no. Uh, too far. Too far. Too far. But fast forward a little bit. <laughs> what, Come back. Come what back is the name the that I will be calling you for the rest of the session? Uh, hi, my name is Crispin Mugsworth, and I own and operate the Mugsworth, I guess you could call it Tavern. What kind of, uh, what kind of place is it? What, do you have any policies? Well, do I have any policies? Well, first, what kind of place it is? What kind of place is yeah. it? Well, it, it, it's a, it's, it's a bar, essentially, but since we're in an apocalypse, no building is used for what it was originally built for, right? So I like to imagine that this is a hardware store originally that I have uh, g uh, retrofitted. Retrofitted. That's a good word. Uh, but not like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, like a mom and pop hardware store. 
right, that I've now retrofitted into a kind of a watering hole, if you will. Sort of like Luke's in Gilmore Girls. Sort of like Luke's in Gilmore Girls. That's a very good reference. Aw. And one I actually get. (laughs) Me too. Only instead of coffee, you serve booze. Yeah, only instead of it being a diner, it's, it's a bar. (laughs) <laughs> there's a uh, there's a section here for you to describe your look. So uh, I'm a maestro D. My name is Crispin Mugsworth. Crispin, uh, imagine just the most stereotypical like 20s, like 1920s bartender. Just the like not quite tuxedo, but very nice like suit with the bow tie, maybe a a mustache going on. He's got a kind of a pretty face for, or rather, average Joe. He's got he's he's uh, kind of lean in stature. Not a lot of meat on his bones. It is the apocalypse after all. Uh, not a uh, food is scarce, and even though he owns a place where you can get food, uh, that's for his customers. He tries to get his food in other ways. So he he's kind of on the thinner side. Important thing to note, he is a bartender, so his hands are very precise. We're talking like surgical precision, you know. Is that one of the look options? One of the look options uh, talks about the hands, and one of the options was precise hands. And I'm all like, I'm going to take precise hands. They they were chiseled straight from the stone he was wrought from. Well, no, that would be... uh, there was another hand option. I don't remember what it was, but no, precise hands. I was thinking more like this is somebody who's the master of his craft when it comes to handwork. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Hey. hey. And since this is role play, I thought I would give my character precise hands because my hands naturally are very shaky. <laughs> so so that's that's Crispin's look. Um, for, for Oh, he also has very mischievous eyes. So... Uh, he may seem very like business oriented. This is my establishment. I'm all about business. But those eyes, man, there's something about him. Like there might be uh he's down to get a little get a little weird. A little weird, a little wild, you know? You just gotta you gotta coerce him. <laughs> so it's it what well, you're telling me, Pat, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yes. Crispin is very business in front, party in back. Yes, he he is the personification of a mullet. Business in front, party in back. You should definitely write that on your character sheet somewhere. Crispin, the walking mullet. Oof, <coughs> what a moniker. Uh, okay, so so Crispin, we've defined your look. Uh, as far as the stat block, we'll just really rush through this. Uh, mm-hmm. Which block did you go with? I went with the first block. For For our <laughs> listeners who don't have your playbook specifically right in front of them are you saying they won't have it in front of them i'm saying please list in order of cool hard hot sharp weird what your bonuses are i got a plus one to my cool because you know no no explanation we can just gloss over the stats this is just so everybody here at the table knows we got a minus one to hard Mm. we got a plus two to hot hey that's the mischievous eyes right there hmm we got a zero to sharp because somebody made a comment earlier that uh, I wasn't that sh- sharp, but the other attributes kind of are fine. And then I got a plus one to weird, which I'm not really happy about. I would have preferred a zero to weird because I don't see myself using it very often. 
but I definitely wanted the plus two to hot. And if I wanted plus two to hot, I had to have a plus one to weird. You know, if that isn't just true to life. <laughs> anyway, so so those are your stats, Crispin. Moves, you get to choose two of them. Which which fine, fine Maestro D moves did you elect? My take? fine, fine Maestro D moves I selected are a devil with a blade because in the situation where I am in aggro and actually have to be fighting up close and personal with someone, uh, that's a hard roll, or it's a roll plus hard, and I have a minus one to hard. But you know what I do have? A plus two to hot, and I get to roll hot instead of hard using that perk. So if you're in a knife fight. So if I'm in a knife You fight, roll plus hot. I roll plus hot. Because he's sexy. Yeah, how does one sexily enter a knife fight? Well, maybe put him in a knife fight and we'll find out. I mean, first Ooh. off, put me in a knife fight, we'll find out. Right. Second off, I, I feel like the mechanics are I'm attractive to the person and it throws them off. Ooh. Anyway... So, so you, you picked that move. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? And then I picked just give me a motive. Because if I'm reading it correctly, it's like I poison people. Uh, why don't you just read it for the class, then we'll make that judgment. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of wordy, so it's kind of hard to understand. But uh, name somebody who might conceivably eat, drink, or otherwise ingest something you've touched. If it's an NPC, roll plus hard. A PC, roll plus HX. That's uh, history, by the way. Yeah, I know. On a 10 plus, they do and suffer four harm. And then AP in parentheses. I don't know what AP is. So. Oh, armor penetration. Uh, so like, it doesn't matter if they have armor. This is something they okay. tested. Uh, yep. So on a success, uh, they take four harm sometime during the next 24 hours. On a seven to nine, it's two harm. On a miss, some some several people of the MC's choice, maybe including your guy, maybe not get it, and all suffer three harm. So yeah, essentially, yeah. I have poisoned the food and or drink, and uh, yep. yeah, that's pretty. Good. If it's successful, they get injured. If it's a fail, some of my patrons that I didn't want to hurt get hurt. This just goes to show, don't fuck with the people who are making your food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. If you don't want spit in your soda, don't <laughs> call the cashier a jerk. Now, do you have any, do you have any And don't gear? tell them not to spit in your drink. That's right. Because then they definitely will. Yeah. Uh, it says that my established gear is a wicked blade, which I don't know what a wicked blade is, but it's a blade. It's the blade you use when you roll plus hot. Oh, I'm thinking like I'm thinking something delicate but obviously crazy sharp. Yep. I'm thinking like uh uh or stiletto. Is there a specific uh name for the knife that you use to like cut like uh lemon or lime wedges? A paring knife. A paring knife? Yeah. It's a paring knife. It's just a a really really a really sharp paring knife. It's just a really sharp Because there's plenty of knife. shitty paring knives out there. We've all had them, we've all used them, they suck. This is what yeah. pairing knives are supposed to be. It's a really, really sharp pairing it's knife. It's a chef's pairing knife. There you go. Perfect. Uh, other gear is oddments worth two barter, so I guess I have something that's worth... You got money, honey. Yeah. Two. You got money. Well, I'll uh, ask you now. Like, what's, what's I'm currency at your shop? 
I'm a mad. Well, what's currency at my yeah, shop? What do you accept? I, I feel think like, like that's what you got in barter, right? I think it depends, right? What What do you got that I want? You know? Do you collect salt shakers? <laughs> <laughs> is it something that's useful to you in specific? This is unfortunate. This is my last shaker of salt. <laughs> unfortunately, this is Margaritaville, where I, where everyone's looking for their shaker of salt. Well, here uh, uh, some people say that there's a your, woman to blame. Yeah. Do you see your bar as being inside another like settlement, a holdfast, or do you see it as like being a way station in the middle of the waste? I see it Something as between. a standalone right. building that's a way maybe. So you have no holdfast, but the holdfast nearby would know you as a would know your place as a a bar. Yeah. And so what do you think you'd be accepting? Because these holdfasts might have differing currencies that they use. They might be using fiat. One might be using bullets, which is useful for everyone. Right. One might be using chits that they use only there. I think it depends, right? If you want something at my bar, what do you got? And I'll decide based on what you have what I want. How about how about we we table this thought until we get to some world building questions? Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll explore then what makes the most sense for barter in your bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like I like the idea that you're you're pretty flexible as long as it's valuable. Information is always good. Ooh, don't say that in front of me, y'all. <laughs> Information is always good. You'll summon him. Espec- what are you doing? Especially if you got some juicy gossip, then it's all like, yo, give me the like. Hot, juicy details of something, and that's good enough. I like to live vicariously through my patrons because I don't really get out that much because I have a bar to upkeep. Oh, now I guess there's another question. So, so you don't leave the bar very often? You're not very often. Okay. Not, not unless I'm on like a supply run or something. But then again, I'm a maestro D. I have people that bring stuff to me most of the time. You know so. a guy. Uh, and and on that note, uh, so I think that first, let me double check. Uh, that covers all your somebody basic stuff. has to tend bar, David. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, that covers all your basic stuff minus history, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to save the history discussion until after everyone's been introduced. I believe so. I, I, I think believe so. that's everything. If, if we find we've missed something, we can always come. We can always, you know, circle back. Uh, but on the note of somebody runs out and gets stuff for you, sometimes I saw Dave perked up a little bit. Dave, why don't you talk a little bit of the character you're playing today? Uh, my character is Max the Gunlugger. Max. And he, is he mad? Mad? Is he upset? I mean, for your sake, you'd better fucking hope not. Mm. <laughs> Max is a just a mountain of a man. Just really, just imagine he's a mountain of a man. He looks like several miles of really bad road. Max has seen some shit, and that's really imprinted itself all over his entire body. Would the road be furious? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) There it is. There it is. So, uh, yeah, he's huge. We're talking, well, let's see. I think it's 6'8 to 6'10, depending on what kind of boots he's wearing that day. He's a a big guy. He's a big boy. Huge, huge guy. Um, Helps for lugging all those guns. I realize we hadn't yes. mentioned yet that you're a gun lugger. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, he's, he's a gun lugger. He's, he's just muscles, pure hard body, just ridiculous. He doesn't look human. You suspect there might be a bear somewhere in his family tree. <laughs> um, he's wearing, or at least the bear shook the family tree down. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a just a mishmash of whatever armor that will fit. He's, he, his chest is actually two different bits of tactical body armor smushed together 
He does not actually have three pecs, although his pecs are as big as four pecs. I like the idea that your chest is so large that there's not a piece of armor that you can find that actually fits, that you yep. have to mm-hmm. take two that pieces exactly and weld them it. together. Bits of metal covering, including including his favorite. He has a yield sign bent into a pauldron on one shoulder. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I got a question regarding that. Yeah. Uh, so you have this really interesting uh, armor work that's clearly been done. Do you do you know a savvy head uh, or or somebody who did the work for you, uh, or is this something that you've done for yourself, custom? You know, he's not only the grossest ones like the the pauldron the reason he's proud of that he did that himself bent it himself bolted it on um but otherwise he has to find uh people who are better at the small things because that's not what he does yeah he'll force himself if he has to if something breaks off but uh it's better to find the, the savvy head out there and frequenting this bar in the middle of the waist is a good place to meet people to help up keep his gear so, so which, which stat block did you go with for such a folk as this? He is plus one cool, plus three hard due to a move choice I made. Ooh, ah. that's full hard. This man is not attractive. Minus two hot. Oof. <laughs> but he this is. This man is not attractive, which is the dichotomy of Crispin, <laughs> who is attractive. Yeah. He is, and this has worked to his advantage many times. He is definitely sharper than he looks. Plus two sharp. Hmm. Didn't believe in all that hocus pocus, though. Yeah. Minus one weird. Oof. God, I wish I could have an option to have minus one weird. Nah, <laughs> uh, get weird. I like it. Uh, that, I think that that's pretty descriptive. He's he's a man of of the clay. Yeah. You know. You know. Morons. morons. <laughs> <laughs> I just introduced Amy to that clip last night. Oh man. Uh, um. You know. Yeah. battles, work oh. apart. Basically, Max. He is not to be fucked with. Which two moves? You mentioned that one of them contributed to his plus yep. three Insano hard. like Drano gets you up to hard three. Insano like Drano. He is battle hardened. When he acts under fire, he's not, or stands overwatch, he's not rolling cool. He's rolling hard. Hell yeah. Now you're going to have to keep track of that. And I made reference to it. He is not to be fucked with. In combat, he counts as a small gang. Oh. Which against a guy or two uh, means he gets plus one harm and armor. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. Which also means if he's a, alone against a small gang, there's no penalties. Oh, that'll be funny. We're talking if he has there's to, he a... waits in, picks up a guy, hits another guy with the guy, shoots the guy next to him with a shotgun, it kicks the guy in front of him across the room. Let's see. There's, a, there's three of you and one of me. I don't like your odds, fellas. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, a gun lugger, your gear is very important to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, what hot stuff uh, do you do you bear arms? I like starting small and working my way up. So if you get in arm's range of him and he has no ammo or his guns are somehow not near his person, well, that's what the machete's for. Up close and personal, need a mop afterwards. His workhorses, if you're next to him, that's what the shotgun's for. If you're far away, that's what the rifle's for. And if shit goes real south real fast, he's got a solution for that. Very few problems cannot be solved with a grenade launcher. Oh boy, is that his his big... That's the fuck off big gun. <laughs> uh, what are the, the... There are some descriptive words for different weapons, right? Do you, mm-hmm. do you know the ones for grenade launcher? Grenade launcher, for harm, close area, messy. Oof. You don't need a, you don't need a mop for the grenade launcher. You need a shop vac. 
Oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not not to be used indoors unless you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. Uh, I love that. Is there anything else? Let's see. He's got an okay amount of barter. He's picked up a few things on the way out in the way out there, so he can trade for things if he needs to, but not special things. Okay. So that's uh, Max in a nutshell. He's he's hard. He's armed. He's dangerous. Yeah, he's a fixer. You got a problem? He'll fix the fuck out of it. Uh, so let's let's hear then from from Amy. Uh, who are you playing today? Well, I'm playing like Forest. She's a battle babe. You don't have to do a voice yet. Okay. <laughs> no, no, please. I'm no. I'm practicing. <laughs> I, you know, Forest is a battle babe, and like it says on the tin, she is a woman. Uh, she has arresting eyes. Mm. She has black sexy wear, which is Ooh. not technically on the sheet, but for a battle babe, I feel that that should be an option. None of the wear options were were <laughs> sexy enough. Yeah, they just weren't. They just weren't hot enough. It was just too formal. Like there's a lot of formal options. You know, the the options given were formal wear, display wear, luxe wear, casual wear, or showy armor. I guess show this is sort of no. I, I I guess show showy armor is what yeah. I ended up going with. Um, after we'll just add an extra adjective there sexy showy armor yes sexy showy armor uh so so describe for us so we know you're wearing sexy showy armor what kind is it what'd you go for so she's wearing a green leather bodice with kevlar um inside with spike with silver spikes Ooh, got that studded that studded leather uh but it it also has like like gaps on like the sides and things to sort of show skin. Oh, it's got like and, the, the lacy, uh, not lacy, but the the like the stitching up the sides. Yeah, like and moving. and and of course it's low cut, so like corset know, stitching. Yeah, it's corset stitching, uh, and her bodice is, um, you know, not exposed, but definitely gives a nice visual. The the song "Brick House" comes to mind. <laughs> mighty uh, mighty. Let and, it all hang out. <laughs> and in fact, on that vein, she is muscular. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she, she works out. Uh, and she has a striking face. And she is about six foot, naturally. But with her three-inch heels, she's six three. Uh, Grace Jones from Conan the Destroyer. She's about <laughs> six foot, naturally. <laughs> naturally, but of course. But of course, there's always the boost. Uh, now, now I'm curious because we've got a monster at nearly seven foot over here. Mm-hmm. Do you know- uh, we've got a six foot three battle babe. Uh, how big is is? Uh, how tall is Crispin? Is Crispin, yeah. I mean, he's he's lean, and lean usually implies taller. But I'm just picturing kind of this very average. So maybe he's like about. Five eight something yeah. since he's a guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know what an average height for a male is because me in real life am five nine to five and very big. So I think five eight five nine is about five right. eight five yeah, nine is that's about what average. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go, go on. Tell us more about Forrest. Uh, okay. And so her. Uh, so one of the reasons she has arresting eyes is because her battle babe move her first one mm-hmm. is dangerous and sexy 
when you enter into a charged situation, roll plus hot. On a 10 plus, you hold two. On a seven to nine, hold one. Spend your hold one for one to make eye contact with an NPC present who freezes or flinches and can't take action until you break it off. On a miss, your enemies identify you immediately as their foremost threat. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, I could, I'll, I'll discuss this real quick because that introduces uh, a concept that we haven't dis- that we hadn't talked about with the rules yet, which is uh, the idea of a hold or a forward. Uh, so when you take a bonus forward, that means on your next roll, you gain that value in addition to your roll. Hold you spend to activate a particular skill in this. In this case, for Dangerous and Sexy, you can freeze people in a, in a conflict so they, can't, they cannot take an action, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and, That's pretty cool. Uh, and why I, I chose Arresting Eyes, because that seems to fit nicely. Yeah, actually, another uh, comparable basic move uh, is you can read a person or situation, and on successes there, you gain hold, which you can spend to ask specific true questions, like yeah. uh, questions that people have to answer truthfully. So, yeah, but that's like not her. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just stop? Uh, Jeez. So, so yeah, sorry. Uh, that clarification. Yes. Forward is if you gain a bonus. Hold is if you spend to enact a particular ability. Cool. You're going to have to tell me that again. Oh, we will. Point. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we'll, we'll do that in play. Um, so <clears> other moves, <throat> you took Dangerous and Sexy. You also took... Ice Cold. When you go aggro on an NPC... Roll plus cool instead of roll plus hard. When you go aggro on another player character, roll plus history instead of roll plus hard. Very cool. So, yeah, you get to use the fact that you are a, a cool, hot, powerful, powerful lady. Uh, and you don't you don't have to have the crazy big hard bod <laughs> in order to go aggro on someone. You just with with style. With the steel blade of, of your your very being, uh, you you can engage in uh, dangerous situations. To go aggro, you're essentially starting a fight. Yep. And that leads to our stats of choice. Oh, yeah? What'd you take? For cool, it's plus three. For hard, minus one. You had, you had a stat block option of going all the way to plus three on cool? All of them were cool plus three. Oh man battle babes <laughs> <laughs> i don't I have to a pick to go hard plus three i don't have, <laughs> i don't have a plus three to anything <laughs> neither do i don't worry okay but minus one to hard i chose the two to hot mm. zero sharp and minus one weird now the uh, valley girl makes sense <laughs> zero to sharp minus one weird <laughs> Uh, I love it when a plan comes together. You've got some specialized gear as well. Yes. So Tell me for, more about that. For gear, I get two custom weapons. And so for my weapon, first it's a custom firearm option. It's a crossbow, which does two harm, close, slow. Options, I get to choose two. I picked three round burst, nice. which is plus one harm, and scoped. So it's plus far or plus one harm at far. Ooh, hit people from range. Yes. And then the custom hand weapons. I picked a chain, which is one harm hand area, which I don't really understand what that means. It doesn't separate out the keywords. Does one harm, 
hand weapon area effect. Ah. Yep. There we go. I I thought maybe it meant it did a one harm to my hand area for wielding. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yep. So so you you have an area of effect with the chain, right? You can you can swing it and you can hit multiple people with it. Fabulous. And uh, I picked it for like because I was looking for like a whip like mm -hmm. uh, weapon with a blade on the end, which is a plus one harm. Nice. And it's hidden. So. To describe what this weapon looks like for the listeners out there, it's a chain that's tied to a hair comb and with a blade at the end, and it's wrapped around in her hair because she has very long hair, and so she uses that to prop up her hair. But in combat, she can take out the comb, whip out the chain, and swing, whip it good. <laughs> whip it, whip it, whip it good. She also has ornaments worth four barter because, hey, people like giving her things. So are you are you taking that mostly in the she's got some jewelry route? So she's got uh, some jewelry. I actually liked the gossip mm. as also some of what she has. She's got some hot goss. I think she's got some hot <laughs> goss. Some tea, um, if you will. She <laughs> um, will pour it. But otherwise jewelry. Okay. And we can we can sort of decide in game. We can be flexible about barter, for sure. Uh, uh, and then she has fashion suitable to your look. In this case, in this case, two armor, which I detailed earlier. Okay. Yeah. So so one thing uh, that two armor is gonna uh, noteworthy about that for gameplay is that two two armor you are stepping into the like noticeable level of armor territory. So like people will like know. my guy. Yeah. Now yours is a bit more extreme. Yeah. Uh, well, but even then, then you are clearly armored. Yes. Well, and then we can also add the maybe some like steel toed boots. Mm -hmm. So some black greaves boots thing. that yeah. have maybe the steel toes on the outside. So they're shiny and and yeah. visible. I'm imagining the, the usual amount of armor you'd expect at a roller derby, but there ain't no derby in town. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, picture, picture a lot of heroines or... Uh, antagonists from like an 80s movie mm -hmm. and don't tell the maestro d to picture a lot of heroin yeah <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> it's the 80s <laughs> but yeah so she's a very classic 80s but black leather silver spikes and green mixed in dark green kind of mixed in into the fray instead of red which would historically be the color so so in summary hot and dangerous yes like like a like a knife's edge uh did we miss any details i think we got everything i think that's it until history yeah we'll, we'll talk history. we missed a very important detail oh, yeah? about my maestro d which is what the bar looks like but we'll do that after I, I we introduce we'll, we'll the last character building. We'll, we'll do we'll do history and then we'll sort of talk world and stuff and one of those things will be the bar. And that's going to be an important feature of this game. Yeah. So finally, as far as characters to introduce, Emma, uh, you are bringing a, a child thing into the world, yeah? Yes, I am a child thing. My name is Spot. And uh, Do we get to see Spot run? Probably, <laughs> if run, you're looking. Run, Spot, run. You're going to probably tell her to do that at least once. But to continue our uh, Firefly reference stream is uh, probably River. She's but younger, but younger. 
Um, no, so you say river and I think river song and Doctor Who. <laughs> that's because the only water in the forest is the river. It's true. Um, I just realized that we have a character here named Forest, and so that's multi that's, multi-level that's marketing. That's for the there. super Whovians, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Spot is eight or nine, probably. I don't think Spot knows how old she is. I don't know that Spot necessarily has a good sense of time or counting, particularly. She is, I want you to imagine a cat, but a person, as far as temperament. So she, she's female. Uh, she has scrounge wear. That's my only option. She has an innocent face, and she has bright eyes and a child's body, because she's a child. Uh, what am I forgetting? I think that's everything for look. Um, okay. Let's talk about your, let's talk about your stats and your moves. Okay. And then we'll get the gear. What do you what do you want me to do first? Stats or moves? Uh did you do you, did you pick a move that boosts a stat or anything? I picked a move that changes a stat. Then let's do let's do moves first and then we'll do stats. Okay. Uh there are some very fun child thing moves. One of them lets you change all of your looks anytime you want. I didn't pick that one. I just like it. <laughs> uh just thought I'd mention. Child things tap into the psychic maelstrom quite a bit. You could have been a polymorph and you aren't. I leave the polymorphing to you. You can, hey, you're, you're a Meister D. You can get her what she needs. Exactly. You can hook me up. So one of the moves is called the Mother's Heartbeat. That's one of the ones I chose. When you withdraw into the world's psychic maelstrom, roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, choose two. On a seven to nine, choose one. You emerge again about an hour later and, and then there's like four different options of things that I can do to do that. So I can watch and hear what's happening where I was, or I can reemerge in a different place altogether, or I can be healed of all harm, or I can bring someone in and out with me. And then on a miss, I spend a long time basically meditating and cannot be reached. <laughs> can anyone do the dial tone sound? And then the other one I chose is ferocious, snarling, shrieking, biting, and quite possibly rabid. Uh, when I go aggro on someone, I roll plus weird instead of plus hard, which is good because I've got a minus one to hard. Yeah, let's talk about your stats. Okay. What you, you, you bring to the table? I've got a plus one to cool. I've got a minus one to hard. I got a zero to hot, which I think is probably fair because I'm a kid. Plus one to sharp and plus two to weird. Hey, I've got another sharp and weird one. <laughs> That's my bag. My bag, baby, yeah. Speaking of bags, uh, you have some gear. What do you? What do you? What do you have? My gear. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, no segways are what you ride. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a segue. I'm not. Can my maestro do you have a segue? <laughs> uh, we'll think about it, <laughs> but probably not. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it works. I want you to picture me delivering drinks on a segue. <laughs> It's like how uh, at like the drive-ins and stuff, they often have uh, the, the car hops. The car hops on roller skates. It's that only you're on a Segway. I'll settle. I'll I'll settle for that thing that they call a hoverboard, but isn't. That that'd be pretty cool. How are you going to charge it? I don't know that there's necessarily like a lot of electricity. It's got a solar generator in the back. Yeah, it's it's all, uh, all technology didn't vanish. It's just guys, got impacted. Guys hamster power obviously <laughs> wait just hamster on a wheel generating power two hamsters on wheels they're the wheels oh, 
<laughs> oh, <please>. no. <laughs> uh, alternatively, though, I do like the idea that you have a very small dog sled that is pulled by a group of chinchillas. I, I mean, I love that. <laughs> I think that Spot would have eaten the chinchillas by That's now. how I get That's to true. the closest town to my bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sled oh, pulled by chinchillas. So, so yeah, Spot. <laughs> Spot, what you got? Right. Uh, so I get two low-tech weapons. So I picked a cutting edge, which I've decided is probably like the jawbone of some creature. Or possibly a big old mandible from an insect. And then a spear, which is a spear. And both of them are, uh, they do two harm in their hand weapons. Okay. Uh, let's go, let's go insect mandible on, uh, on the cutting edge. Feels right. That's terrifying. Uh, I have fashion suitable to my look, so scrounge wear, and I get a piece worth one armor. Okay, cool. Which... Almost everyone here has a little bit of armor, except for Meister D. Probably. Have, you have armor? I have fashion suitable to your look, including, at your option, a piece worth one armor. You hmm. can detail. I think Spot's piece that's worth one armor is probably uh, her shirt is covered in feathers. And so it's just like thick enough with feathers that it acts as one armor. I like to imagine that my clothes are made of Kevlar and that's where the plus one armor comes from. Your your vest, your... My vest looks like a dinner jacket, but it's actually like a a Kevlar vest. Do you only have plus one armor? I only have plus one. Okay, then I'll say that that can be somewhat hidden. Um, yeah. At the point where you get to plus two, you you're wearing armor. I also have crap I've picked up worth one barter. Oh yeah, and I also have a den, but we'll get to that later. Uh, actually, yeah, you're right. We'll talk about den when we talk about some world stuff. Should we talk about the wolves, or should we say, save that for later? I'm sorry, uh, the wolves. Oh, that, that's a that's a fun feature of the child thing. You should talk about that now. Okay. Uh, there's this thing that uh, <sighs> is a thing. I believe it's a child it's really thing. A trifle. True. Fair enough. Um. So the child thing is hunted by uh, the wolves of the maelstrom, a.k.a. the psychic maelstrom. The psychic maelstrom has wolves that protect it? I guess so. That's... Or wolves that... Wolves. It's something that are its minions that are hunting the child thing. Interesting. Interesting that you know as much as you know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Coming from somebody who didn't really read up on their homework, <laughs> uh, I am just now learning that the psychic maelstrom has protectors, and that is terrifying. Oh, Wait until oh. we get to the world building part. Yeah. So uh, basically Spot is running from quote unquote wolves because they don't actually look like wolves. That's just what they're called. What do they look like? Well, maybe we're going to get to that. Uh, for now, I don't want to dig in too deep in that because I know uh, some of your questions That's really. Be to that. I think we should do history. Uh, so, and we'll, we'll, we will start and do this in the same order we introduced characters in. So, Meister D, what are your history questions? You have, you have some questions you're supposed to ask. Not the primary page with your stance, but where you built the character. It should be almost the very last. It says Ajax. Yes. Which of you do I find most attractive? Well, it's gotta be Max, isn't it? <laughs> I really hope. I I really hope I wouldn't find the child thing most I attractive. I don't think so. I'm gonna say you probably find the femme fatale battle babe most attractive. Here's the thing. You don't though. have to. Here's the thing, like, though. You have a thing for a Here's larger the than thing, charge. though. Do, do I or do I think that brute force is attractive? 
Now, as someone who lacks question. hard yourself, uh, as someone who lacks hard myself, yeah. maybe, that, maybe that's what you find. Do I want? Maybe do I want. You, maybe that's why you keep Max around. Do I want the one that gives me the hard? As someone <laughs> oh, who Max. has trouble getting hard, Max will give you the. Oh my god, this is so bad. <laughs> How did you this go so you, you knew it had to come to this place eventually. <laughs> Sex is a mechanic in this game. True. I mean, we could ignore it if we want. That's but true. do we want? I can't. Says that's, the child thing. That's really not going to happen. By, by the way, I, I'm I just can't put this out though there. because my Maestro D special revolves around sex. I, I'm just going to put this out there that the child thing. They they are they, they are a sensible uh, uh, group that designed this. The child things does not have a sex move. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's not a it's thing. Because holy shit! Thank yeah, my God. special move has nothing to do with sex. Yeah, cool. Thank All God. right, cool, 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 cool. Back to the action. In case any of you listening, uh, were, so you like were, it hard. So, so so no offense, Forrest, but I think nice. I find Max the most attractive because he can give me the hard. He's got a lot going for him. Max does. Got a lot going for. Him. I gotta be real. The fact that your chest is so large that it takes two separate pieces of chest plate to cover your chest is kind of hot. To quote Krieg from Borderlands 2, my pecs have pecs. It's kind of hot. Crispin doesn't want to yield. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Boy, howdy, hey, huh? Okay. Uh, do you have any other questions? What's your other? Uh, or is that it? Did you, uh, uh, which one of you is my favorite? favorite oh it's probably it's me. probably the child thing because she's I, I think we established is gonna be my bouncer right probably which is uh, hilarious that, that i is... have this eight-year-old girl as my oh yeah how tall is your eight-year-old girl she's eight-year-old girl size <laughs> yeah she's probably about three feet three and change maybe at yeah. most i'm just Loving it because you got Max and, <laughs> yes. and you have no, Forrest. A mountain. I imagine him, hmm, who do I want to be the bouncer? Definitely, <laughs> you got it, kid. Definitely the little girl. The thing is, people don't get into fights in your bar anymore because when they do, Spot thinks that they're playing and she gets involved and she bites hard. Well, well plus... Well, plus Crispin doesn't really stand for violence in his bar anyway. Those people tend to get thrown out. Mm -hmm. This is a safe space. They usually run out when the eight-year-old bites them. That's true. <laughs> and not many people actually want to. And if actually fights back against the eight-year-old, not a lot that Max believes in. I like, but to he does believe that's kind of wrong. I like to think that uh, my bar has gathered enough rapport that people that come in know oh this is mugsworth leave your shit at the door he doesn't stand for it in his establishment i love the idea that spots the bouncer because not only uh like you don't want to take a super offensive angle with your with right. your defense like right. you you don't want to have the threat of some big person with a gun you know no hanging out. no the big person <laughs> with the gun is my side piece <laughs> <laughs> wow uh side piece who's your main piece <laughs> i mean i'm my main piece okay. I, was, I was about to say i'm pretty sure that's him himself i thought you were gonna say the bar <laughs> oh that too i'm definitely i'm definitely married to the bar he's married to his job uh but no see you you have spot as your bouncer because then if an altercation does occur where someone needs to be thrown out and spots going for them, if they fight back at all, like the rest of your clientele are going to kick this person's ass. Yeah. You just like, beat up an eight year old girl. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> who who actually you should assume they could beat me up. <laughs> who wants to hit an eight year old? Yeah. The kind the of thing. people that deserve to have Max the kind of people across their face. Yeah. But my point is, is for the majority of people yeah. that in of itself is a 
great deterrent. I like it. And that's what makes her. That is good. The perfect, the perfect bouncer. All right, cool. So, so what are the consequences of your, the answers you get back? So what does that do? Uh, Uh, It should say afterwards. It should list immediately after, yeah. Uh, So the one that you find most attractive, history plus two. So So the history field on your sheet, write down my character's name, Max. Max Max plus two. Max plus two. I realize I should have been paying more attention, but I believe I got it right. Crispin, Forrest, and Spot. Yes. Thankfully, all your names are pretty easy, which I am personally relieved by <laughs> and which one is your favorite it's a history of plus three so ooh, spot ooh. plus i finally have a plus three guys <laughs> well that means you are helping or interfering with spot you are very good at that mm-hmm. uh, or anything else that requires a plus history. if you need to stop her you're good at doing that if you need to work mm-hmm. alongside her eight. oh oh good so i have the child thing on a leash <laughs> no that's a different uh playbook <laughs> boy uh i'm struggling to not sing freak on a leash right now but i, I will restrain myself uh, and we will move on to our next set of history questions all right what do you got max uh, for, <laughs> first before we get to that do you reciprocate or what, what kind of a relationship do you and and crispin have oh he's plan b isn't he <laughs> <laughs> plan a is, is anyone is himself, else obviously <laughs> <laughs> okay crispin's okay. a shrug and it'll do <laughs> okay we'll, we'll 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 etch that away in the back of our memories uh all right history which one of you swords left me bleeding and did nothing for me oh that was probably me yeah po- po- possible positive from spot i could see that with forest also i, I mean it, it, this is your guys's choice it yeah. seems more on brand for forest left not gonna you lie. bleeding and did nothing for you yeah so this is like uh Good Samaritan scenario. Someone's dying on the side of the road. Or we which both, one of us is both hired for a job and which was one of, wasn't looking great. And she's like, doodles. It's on brand for you. But if you don't want to do it, we can make it. Well, a kid, and I can hate that kid. It's on brand for a generic battle babe. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not for you. Not really for Forrest. Okay. All right. So spots. Fucking kid. <laughs> Maybe. Don't don't understand my Christmas around. So, so let, let's explore the situation a little bit. I, I'm what I'm imagining is there was an altercation at the bar mm-hmm. uh, that you and Spot were involved in, mm-hmm. and you got hurt in the the course of that altercation, possibly even by Spot. <laughs> right. Uh, and afterwards, you're like, you know, was it a serious injury? I mean, I was left left bleeding. Left bleeding could mean a lot of things, right? It she could be. She she could have like accidentally hurt you and just shrugged it off and walked away. I think it's fair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In fact. I kind of feel like that probably happened a couple of times because she sees fighting is playing mm-hmm. and I'm in the bar. Yep. Yeah. And I start tussling with people. Yeah. I don't know why I keep sticking my neck out for that little brat. Fuck's sake. So do you have another question or? Yeah. Which one of you has fought shoulder to shoulder with me? If any. And yeah. That, 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 would that, that would be that forest. That would be forest. Yeah. forest. As a bird, you can trust. Do you have a third question, which is which one of us is down the flag? <laughs> because oh, that would be Crispin. Uh, which one of you is the prettiest and or smartest? That would be me. Uh, your hot is three? No, I'm not. No. She's okay, is smaller. your sharp is three? No. <laughs> she She's cool and hot. Well, actually, let, let's... So it's it's hot and smart, right? Yep, hot or smart. So, so what is the sum of your hot plus sharp? Hot and sharp together? Oh, yes. Yeah. Two. Two? Uh, some of yours? Two. Pick your favorite, then. Oh, shit. <laughs> Pick your favorite. 
You know what? I think plan B is worthy of the plus three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and that, that establishes your history. So, so what are your final history values? Uh, Crispin, plan B, plus three. <laughs> Forrest, stalwart companion in battle, plus two. That fucking kid. Minus two. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Climbs in like a goddamn jungle gym. Ugh. <laughs> Feels creepy. Don't lock it. Forrest. You're so big. You're so easy to climb. <laughs> so Spot, can Forrest trust you? Probably. I, I need a yes or a no. Yes? That sounds a lot like a no. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Max, can Forrest trust you? This is where we decide how much of a, of a, of a code does Max have. <laughs> You're on the same side as Max, absolutely. All right. Crispin, can Forrest trust Crispin? Have you done anything to wrong him? Because if not, then yes, you can trust him. Crispin is very loyal to people that have not wronged him. Okay, for, those ca- for the characters you can trust, write history minus one. <laughs> Yikes. For the characters you can't trust, write history plus three. So <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you all didn't say yes. So, so did you? Uh, did you? Uh, did you interpret my my mine as a yes or no? So I would say that Crispin is probably a yes. pure yes. Yes, it, uh, Crispin is a pure yes because she is a regular at his bar. Max is definitely She's, more mercenary. Yeah. Unfortunately, based on my history questions, you're just another patron at my bar. <laughs> yes, fine. but as that's not but, she, but yeah. she's also but she's a loyal customer. She's right. She's right. The way you described it is if she hasn't done anything to wrong you, which you follow she the rules. Have. I like you, and I I will I will say because uh, like certainly Max's response is an optional yes no maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but I think. Uh, Given that we've established that you two have fought side by side, and that was something that we we established as uh, during his history, mm-hmm. I think that means that you fall on the side of you have been on the same side historically. Yeah, and that's why I did minus one for there you. Go. Yeah, I. If you can trust someone, you don't need to know more about them. Yeah. So, and that was the only but question. You gotta keep your eye on the shifty. One. I just yeah. ask it everyone. <laughs> but you just... I am pretty shifty. <laughs> Why does nobody but Crispin trust Spot? It's <laughs> <laughs> a damn good question. Well, trust and know are different. Damn good question, right? mate. That's fair. That's, that's the thing. She knows Spot really well because she doesn't trust Spot. Because I come home with chinchillas. And you don't know where they came from. <laughs> I brought but, home a live but, snake but, once. But you tell her to take it out of her mouth immediately. <laughs> <laughs> No spot dropping. <laughs> she she came home once. Uh, her cheeks were puffy, like full of something. And if, assuming it's assuming it's nuts or something, you're like, Please. she opens her mouth and, and just five chinchillas, chinchillas <laughs> drop out. Frogs as well. Yeah, there's one frog in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, spot. Mm-hmm. What's what's your oh? Firstly, did you have another history question, or is that it for the battle babe? Uh, as far as I can tell, that's the only one. Okay, it, it does touch everyone, so yeah, I think that's why. Cool. Spot. What's your history question? People have to answer these truthfully, correct? Yes. Cool. <laughs> hey Max, are you a wolf of the maelstrom? <laughs> Fuck's that. All right. <laughs> 
love this question. It's a no. No. Okay. It's a, it's, it's well, a no. I, actually, I think there's a different thing for if they don't know what you're talking about, right? Uh, it says if they say no, write HX minus one. If they say anything else that they don't know that they'd rather not say Perfect. anything, yeah. write HX plus one and keep your eye on them. Okay. Nice. Max plus and one. And that answer makes sense with weird minus one. I like it. Forest. Mm-hmm. Are you a wolf in the maelstrom? Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's a big old oof. That's amazing. I mean, do I have the option to pick that? Uh, I mean, I, I think this is like, what would your character say? And I feel like if Spot, who you know well, comes up, yeah, and like, are you a wolf in the maelstrom? You say, yeah, sure. Yes. I'm that. All right. What does that do for you? Uh, minus two. Minus two. <laughs> Crispin. Are you a wolf of the maelstrom? Now, see, this is an interesting question, right? Because Crispin probably would not care about the psychic maelstrom. So on his own would not know much about it or about the wolves. But since he knows you and you would probably talk about the wolves a lot, he would say, no, he's not. Even though he really doesn't care if they're real or not. In order to to calm to to calm you say nightmares. say no I'm not a wolf of the maelstrom so that's a no with extra steps <laughs> yeah all right no I, I like that there's like <laughs> it's something that she's asked him enough times in in a panic or in yeah in a scared place that you're like no 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 of course not of course not no no Aww. you're sa- spot you're safe so are you I'll protect you so. Now that our, our history has sort of been established between is these that, characters. Is that it. your only question? Yep. Are you a wolf of the maelstrom? Yep. Yeah. Hers is also a touch everyone, so. I'm a fan. <laughs> Are you a wolf? I, out of all of the questions I've heard today, that one was my favorite. I really like the child thing playbook. It's, it's really fun. Uh, <laughs> this is the closest I've come to playing a barbarian, and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh so let's let's talk about world now. Uh, so we've sort of identified our characters, uh, who they are, what kind of relationships they have with other other people. I wanted to save us discussing your your characters like motivations and stuff till now because I want us to sort of frame the world a little bit before we talk about how your characters play into that. Right. Uh, I have a quick little blurb uh, that I'll read that is just sort of I'll actually read two things. So the first thing I'm going to read is. Straight out of the apocalypse, uh, the apocalypse world handbook, we have their like summary of like what is the setting of the apocalypse world game, uh, and and this is this is that, uh, and then I'm going to read a short little uh, bit that that I wrote. That's again just a quick descriptor of like what is our what apocalypse. is this what is our apocalypse, uh, and there's of course more details to it that we're going to flesh out as we discuss things, but we're we're taking a particular approach with our apocalypse. So first we'll read theirs. Nobody remembers how or why. Maybe nobody ever knew. The oldest living survivors have childhood memories of it. Cities burning, society in chaos and then collapse. Families set to panicked flight, the weird nights when the smoldering sky made midnight into a blood-colored half-day. Now the world is not what it once was. Look around you. Evidently, certainly not what it was. But also, close your eyes. Open your brain. Something is wrong. At the limits of your perception, something howling, ever-present. 
full of hate and terror. From this, the world's psychic maelstrom, we none of us have shelter. That's like their top-level summary of, of the world, of the story. Um, our specific, the specific bit we're adding to that is a, is a little summary of what has occurred. So, <clears throat> decades ago, humanity fought with an expanding arboreal menace, which threatened life and civilization as we know it. Humanity lost. Some remnants survive, clinging to life and society on the fringes, where they can keep the still-expanding greenscape, the vine, from taking what little is left. Rumor has it that some have even found ways to survive among it, in the cities now choked of the life they once teemed with. But in a world where all life is bound to become its fertilizer, how long can they survive? Thank you for calling it the, the vine and giving me an excuse to bring back the phrase do it for the vine. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought about that, but now that you say that, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, yes, and. Yes, and. I love it. So, so we're going a bit green with this. Our apocalypse revolved around a rapidly expanding plant referred to as the vine. No one really knows how it came to be here, whether or not it was created, whether it came from outside of our planet, or, or whether or not it's been here the whole time and finally was unlocked in one way or another, it's unknown. Uh, what is known is that it is incredibly fast growing and it chokes out the life around it. Uh, humanity tried to fight it and were unsuccessful in staving it off. Uh, and they tried all kinds of measures, you name it. And as a result, the world is not what it once was. People now find shelter. They take harbor in areas where the vine can't grow well. So as far as location for where I was thinking of sort of setting this, I'm imagining Rocky a lot of this her. game is going to be happening. I was thinking like salt flats of Utah. Yeah. It's sort of picturesque. You've got like water is fairly scarce. Uh, there's dry, dry scrub at best in most places. Uh, but still, they're just close enough. You can, you can absolutely see it on the horizon. You see the green. You see the green. And every, every month, every year, it gets a little closer. It adapts. It gets a little bit better at living where you are. But David, green on the horizon means that a soul has returned from Davy Jones' locker. Maybe they have. You don't know. Maybe that's where it came from. <gasps> do, 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 do. Uh, so, yes, there's this arboreal threat. Some of the ways that it's going to be playing into this world uh, are the, the psychic maelstrom is definitely related to it. And that's sort of implicit with any apocalypse you choose to, to pursue. What if the vine is the maelstrom wolf? So, so the vine in some way connects to it, for sure. Some theories out there are that at some point, in order to communicate with itself as humanity was fighting it on many fronts... Uh, the maelstrom was generated by the plant, by the vine, uh, as, a, as a means of, of sort of wireless communication between different uh, growths of the plant that couldn't be connected all back to the mother vine. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you you, you chuckled over there? I like the, you just giggle away at the green hell that is existence. I like the concept of a mother vine. Mommy vine. <laughs> You, I feel like somewhere out there on the internet, there's a definition of the mother vine as just the first vine that was ever made on the now defunct platform that is Vine. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I know. It's been replaced. Gone mm. now. It's been replaced with... It's in the before times. Uh, TikTok, which is way worse. 
<laughs> and also possibly a legal one day. We'll see what happens. Fingers. Uh, that'll date crossed. this podcast. Anyway. However, uh, if the now defunct Divine would like to sponsor us. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, another important impact to, to mention here before we sort of open it up to discussion of how the world has been shaped is the vine. Uh, one of the things that contributes to its rapid spread, apart from the fact that it itself grows very quickly, the fringes of it, you can you can watch with your eyes as it grows. Uh, it is so fast. Uh, like bamboo. Uh, yes. Uh, faster even. And like, I want you to picture, if you've ever watched a time lapse of a of a vine that is like reaching up to find a trellis, mm-hmm. uh, the end of it sort of like twirls as it looks for for purchase. So I want you to imagine, like there there is other natural growth in this world, right? Like the vine doesn't completely, like there are some plants where it develops more of a parasitic but still somewhat symbiotic relationship with um especially like trees as it gives it higher purchase um it likes to climb things cities are just covered with it at this point um any any city from the before times but the edges of the greenscape i want you to imagine just tendrils of this twirling vine growing looking for something to latch onto so don't let it be you (laughs) um you will you will have a bad day but one of the things it does in order to propagate itself is for those stalks that can climb higher they release these these fine, fine seed pods into the air that think like dandelion dust that are meant to drift a very far distance. And people and other animals, if we breathe it in, it is bad for your health. And one of the things in microdoses that it does is it is the reason why people can interact with the psychic maelstrom. It's the, the vine inside of you that has connected you to it. And the vine in me is you. Yes. Uh, but if you ingest too much of it, especially at once... That can be deadly. So people who investigate the greenscape go in there for any reason. They wear respirators so that they can breathe as safely as possible while while in that dangerous situation. Uh, as a result of that, though, other creatures that have maintained a, uh, a safer, I'll say, dose, they also have been changed in some ways. So some creatures are larger or weirder or scarier, especially, especially the bugs. Especially chinchillas. No, especially the <sighs> bugs. I want you to picture if there's... If there's ever been a better habitat for insects, it's this one. Gosh. And so they get they get big, they get scary, and they want to eat you. Um, Remember how I mentioned that Spot's cutting edge is yeah. a insect mandible? Yeah, I gathered that. It's from uh, one of the smaller ones. The the other the other uh, <laughs> the other animal of interest is the birds. Birds are often going to be used as messengers in this world because birds have really keen senses and and especially directional sense, which can sometimes be hard to maintain in the greenscape. And so birds are often used as guides in that way. But then also they, like a canary in a coal mine, they know when the air is getting bad before you do. Uh, and it's not because they die, it's because they fly away the other direction. And so by watching bird patterns, you can sort of see what part of the greenscape is safe to be in right now versus others. So those are some of the, the, the key things that people take note of. Another important thing is, as far as survivors, there are, of course, surface dwellers who've found areas, they've managed to eke out a life in areas that are otherwise largely inhospitable. The, the like, wealthy and technologically advanced folks who realized early on in, in sort of the apocalypse that life on the surface was going to get increasingly difficult, uh, they have gone underground. And so a lot of production of things that are, are necessities, uh, but that require more tooling, is often conducted by small, highly regimented underground communities. The the temporary name I'd sort of thought of was like groundlings or grounders. I'm not sure if you guys have a better well, groundlings is already a thing. Is it? So yeah. What's it from? 
Uh, it's a uh, famous comedy troupe. Oh. Apparently not that famous. <laughs> I've heard of Groundings. I was, oh, okay. I was about to say, it's an improv comedy troupe, I yeah. think, if I recall correctly. Yeah. We want to go Grounders and oh, have well. a, a more clever name. <laughs> I, groundlings works fine for me. Underdogs? Underdogs. I, I also thought of uh, like calling them Groundhogs. Like yeah. people on the surface, like, oh, the Groundhogs. Yeah. Uh, Groundhogs is good. Maybe they come up every once in a while to see if it's gotten better on the surface. <laughs> They're the underminer. They do. They do conduct trade with you, but like, I want you to picture if you know that there's an apocalypse on the surface and you've eked out a safer community underground. What about a more derogatory term like holers? Holer is good. Holer is good. There you uh, go. Maybe groundhog is the nice way to like the nice way right, to refer yeah. to them, and holers are like, oh yeah, those those assholers. <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I had in my notes for for ideas that's important. There are people who go out into the greenscape, especially trying to find cities. They're referred to as reclaimers. They're trying to get old technology, old stuff from the cities that have been taken over. That's a very dangerous job. You don't see old... If you see an old reclaimer, watch out for them because they they must be some kind of badass. Otherwise, I, I have an idea, because originally I sort of thought that your your bar was going to be in a hold of some kind, but if you want to have it be exterior to it, then I'll just make this the nearby hold. I kind of like it as a waypoint between yeah. two civilizations. Uh, I'll, how about we, here's my proposition. What about we have it as a waypoint, but it's like a jumping off point to the greenscape? Sure. Like, like. There, there's a, a, a big hold, so, you, and then the greenscape. Yeah, so I get a lot of people that are coming back from the hellscape. You, you, get, you get reclaimers. Uh, you, get, you get people who might be fleeing it, who might be coming from mm -hmm. another place that got sure. overtaken. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And my bar is like the first proof of civilization. Yeah. Or something. That like people, people are still, we out I'm, here. I'm the first glimmer of hope. <laughs> You're welcome. But the, the nearby hold is called Deepwell, uh, and it's called that because it was originally a town that revolved around a deep well that penetrated down to a undersea, uh, underground aquifer. And so they have, they're, they're one of the only places to get good, clean water safely. Well, another thing to mention is like sources of water are running water are sort of inherently dangerous because if they run somewhere and that somewhere has the greenscape, then there might be particulate, there might, might be seedlings that are being carried along by the water. And also water is, of course, needed for the plant's growth and survival. So it grows very rapidly along banks of rivers, along even the seaside. <clears throat> Good times. I like, as a flavor text, uh, even for the people fleeing the vine and have found Mugsworth, maybe it's like, you know, there's the old trope, there's a certain place on the other side of hell that has fallen into like mythos and legend. And some people believe that Mugsworth exists and others don't. <laughs> uh. how, how old is Mugsworth? How old is Crispin? Uh, he's like 30 or something. How, how long has he operated this business? Uh, Did someone operate it before him? Yeah. Are, are you, uh, is Mugsworth a pirate Roberts? About them. I'll say yes, the name Mugsworth is a Dread Pirate Roberts because Mugsworth is the name of the tavern. 
and the owner and operator just takes the last name of Mugsworth. So you're carrying on a noble legacy. So I'm of carrying Mugs on a noble legacy of Mugsworths. Will Spot be Spot Mugsworth one day? Maybe. If you play your cards right, kid. Fuck. <laughs> it could be Max. Who knows? Max Mugsworth. Forgot something from the history portion. Oh, did you? At the end, choose one of the characters with the highest history on my sheet. So, uh, Chris Ben. What's up? Which of my stats is oh, most? We oh, all we, need we, to we, do we, this. We need to do highlighting still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, let's let's suspend our our world discussion to do highlights real quick. Completely forgot. So so we'll, we'll start in the same order. What yeah. you say? Well, so who? Yeah. So so for everyone, it's going to be I think maybe double check your sheet, but it should be whoever you have highest history with gets to choose one of your stats to be highlighted. This is a stat which you must roll at some point during the game in order to gain experience. I also get to choose one of your stats to be highlighted. Okay. So who who has so the highest history with? Well, Spot, I have the highest history with you at a plus three. So okay. so what's a what's a stat for him to highlight? Read off your stats again. The modifiers. Mm -hmm. one. Plus one to cool. Minus one to hard. Uh, plus two to hot. Zero to sharp. Plus one to weird. I'm gonna highlight weird for you. Gonna highlight. I was gonna do that. Well, I <laughs> yeah. something else. All right. Yeah, all right. So, well, because specifically you're like, oh, that's something that, like that, that's part of Crispin's life that he doesn't want to think about. Honestly, uh, if I was the one doing making the choice for Crispin, I was gonna be weird. Pick weird because I don't want it. Well, then Spot has highlighted your weird. So also in character, Spot would highlight your weird. Hundred percent. Yeah. So so I, as the master of ceremonies, would you like me to read uh, those modifiers? No, 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 no. Uh, I I want to see your sharp. You want to see my sharp? See sharp. I'm gonna highlight that. Uh, so let's let's talk Max. All right. So what do you think should be highlighted? Read me your modifiers. Plus one cool. Plus three hard. Minus two hot. Plus two sharp. Minus one weird. There's only one answer for you. I mean, you did say the hard is the part you like the most. I, I I did say the hard is the part I like the most, which you already have a plus three. I like to see you gain a little bit more physical attraction. Let's let's highlight your <laughs> hot. I mean. So it, it, hi highlighting isn't so much it, what do you gain. Yeah. It's like what stat when they roll it, do they gain experience on? Yeah. Oh. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean the stat's going to go up. Bummer. Okay. <laughs> um, in order uh, to encourage to people to roll. You, you keep leaning. Right. Because uh, I keep trying to be comfortable. In I'm a monster. In that, case, in, in that case, I'm going to highlight your uh, sharp. MC. Uh, I mean... I, I gotta go hard on this thank you uh, like and it's not because i want to give you loads of experience i just no, think it makes sense you, you're a gun lugger i yeah. want to see you go hard yeah. like that's what you're about so yeah let's let's talk forest uh so who, i'm who gonna have? have to go weird at some point now because it's highlighted. so so you don't, you don't have to have to no. and, and again okay. we're only doing a one shot so the likelihood of any of you hitting five experience is pretty unlikely yeah. not impossible Except maybe gun lugger. well we'll see well, how violent that depends on, on what happens if yeah. violence ensues I that's my specialty man if violence doesn't ensue you're, you're, <laughs> you're kind of just along for the show that's what the beer's for mate uh so forest who do you have to ask spot yeah um pick a stat let me see what you got so it's three cool Minus one hard, two hot, zero sharp, and minus one weird. And two hot, hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> Just too hot to handle. Let's go cool for you. And you're a battle babe. Uh, you gotta go hot. 
You're hot and you're cold. You're yes and you're no. <laughs> uh, Spock, He's who, do you, cool who do you ask? He's a cool writer. Uh, okay, so I've got a, an interesting situation over here. Oh, yeah? Uh, both Max and Crispin for me are at the top at minus one. <laughs> I believe there you just get to pick which one. Uh, yeah. How about this? Uh, I will relinquish my uh, opportunity Ooh. to pick one and I will let them pick. Interesting. Cody. Okay. All right. I think Crispin gets to pick first. Read me all your stats again. I have plus one cool, minus one hard, uh-huh. zero hot, plus one sharp, plus two weird. Please yeah. remember that I roll weird when I do battle thing. Right. Quick, quick question. Yeah. Because uh, I thought that Forrest had your highest. I thought she had a plus two. She has minus two. It's minus two because she said yes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Man, child things don't like peeps, huh? They're not interested. Anyway, sorry. We're like druids. <laughs> I think we're going to get to see you roll hard a lot I or 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 weird a lot. Uh, I would like to see you roll cool at some point. Okay. Weird bugger. Weird. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> do what I can. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, so now I figured that out. Let's talk about the Mugsworth bar or you said tavern. Tavern. Mugsworth Tavern. So you, you we were saving the description on that a little bit. Right. So we were talking about, I kind of like the idea that it's fallen into mythos and legend. Mm-hmm. Some people on the other side of the vine believe it exists. Some people don't. When they get there, it's like, it's like a, a dream for a lot of people trying to make it to civilization like oh, i just gotta make it to mugsworth and now let's get to the description of mugsworth <laughs> <laughs> because they are all disappointed because they've brandished it as this big like safe haven if you make it to mugsworth you're gonna be all right uh the atmosphere shadows <laughs> quiet Grime. <laughs> Nostalgic. <laughs> okay. It is a hardware store. It was a hardware store. Do you still have like the big the big shelving units? There is oh for sure. Where do you think I keep the liquor on? Mm. I really like of, the idea that people come up to you and they're like, Hey, where's your vodka? And you're like, Oh, aisle yeah. six. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a, a lot of the shelving units have been repurposed as seating areas. Yeah. And then a point of note that I want to I want to make because I think it's funny on the outside of the building, which obviously is not in the best shape because I don't know how, how long this apocalypse has been going on for, but it's been going on decades, right? So everything's fallen in disrepair. So it's just very like ramshackle building. There was like a hardware sign on the outside of it that's been faded, but you can still see that it like read hardware at one point. And then I have nailed another board over it that says Mugsworth. <laughs> so it's Mugsworth and then real faded hardware. Ooh, or you could put another one over the the where and instead it says hard cider. Ooh, that's Ooh, good. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Because my specialties are uh a hard cider, and then we also have an Applejack. I, I love the idea that you had, like, the, the bubble letter sort of sign on yeah. the front of the building, yeah. and it was, like, blank hardware, and yeah. you just, you've just, like, literally nailed on top of that a big plank that says Mugsworth. Mugsworth. And then, like, hard, and then cider. Hard cider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. 
And I say you, your predecessor, whoever. Whoever. Yeah. So question about your tavern. Do you like keep on tea or some other non-alcoholic beverage? Water. Water? It's wet. Okay. Hot (laughs) water? Hmm? Uh, room temperature water. Oh. We don't have ice. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that that checks out. Yeah. I guess you could get some fresh water uh, from mm-hmm. the nearby town. From the nearby town. I also, for my den, picked a pipe that drips clean water into a polished basin. Hmm. We so run... If it does that fast enough, which if we run out of water a lot, what we always have plenty of is alcohol. <laughs> I did want to ask... So you, your how special is your Applejack and your are your are my Applejack yeah. and my apple cider? Where are you getting all these apples? Where are you getting buddy? all those apples, pal? Yeah, uh, uh, in flats. Uh, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, uh, yeah, the interconnected here, the network. Thing. Internet. I I believe that David. I, David, I'm a maestro D. I know a guy. No, 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 no. I I like the idea that like you. You do have a source, and that is a, I have, a house kept secret. I, and spoiler alert: the house doesn't know either. They just have had the same supplier for years. We don't know where they get the apples. We just know that they can get them. He inherited it with the. I inherited name. a guy, David. <laughs> what is what is the name of this guy or gal or or person or institution? I don't know how you get it. Brayburn. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Big Mac, but that's good too. Oh, I would have gone with Johnny. Famous oh, Brayburn. Ooh, I really like Johnny. Johnny. No. It's directly referencing. Yeah, but it, yeah. Brayburn is on the fucking nose. Yeah, but like Johnny, like Johnny Appleseed is the deliverer of apples. Yeah. Right? And and I I I love the idea of Johnny fact, walking in. There's a good and chance it is, that people here. And it's a that. woman. <laughs> yeah, John. Yeah, Johnny's a title. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Johnny's like a title, yeah. just like Mugsworth. Yeah, that that's Johnny why isn't the real it. name. Brayburn is. But Johnny is the title. This is, or alternatively, it's Johnny B. Johnny B. This is Brayburn. He's a Johnny. Yeah, all right. Or she's a Johnny. Okay, could still be Brayburn. Mm-hmm. She goes by Bray. Bray. She goes by Johnny, actually. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, John. Just like I, well, I, well, I use my actual. Forrest Christmas. calls her Bray. Hey. Uh, add plus one history. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, we'll we'll keep that. Uh, well, I don't know. Add plus one history Bray. for for Bray. We'll Brayburn is my Johnny. Bray, Bray in parentheses, Johnny. I'm sure there are actually formal formal rules for maybe uh, setting up uh, pre-existing history, but uh, Patrick, add plus one history with Johnny. The nature of our histories are different. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily. Mm. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I have parentheses, Johnny, plus one. <laughs> uh, I think it's also important to note that the house special changes with the new Mugsworth. So the house special under Crispin is Applejack and Apple Cider. But in the past, Mugsworth has been known for many things. What did Johnny get you before? What was what was the previous? Coffee black. Coffee black. No. Uh, Kahlua. No, no. It's always been alcohol. So uh, Kahlua, maybe. But uh, more similar. Absinthe. Absinthe-minded. Mm. No... I, it can't be because I already established that Johnny is also a title, so so apples has always been a staple. At no, no, they could, they, they could, it could just be convenient they, now. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have been something different before. Still. They could just be good at finding whatever, which is right. weird. Dave, you had a thing. Uh, I need to take a break. Take a break. Actually, this is a great time. We will we'll take a break. 
And when we resume, I think we might be good to start playing the game a little bit. And we can flush out a little bit more as we go along. Johnny. Um, does that mean food? Yes, we can absolutely break for lunch. You're actually, let's save your den for when it comes up in the game, Emma. Okay. All right, so yeah, take a break. Let's grab some food and we'll come back.